Welcome back to another ESL podcast, your city is ESL podcast. I'm your host as always. And if you hear my nose, I do apologize. I had gotten hit with COVID. That's right, people. I got hit with COVID. I don't know how it happened, but it did. And it was just a bunch of body aches. And then finally I rehydrated and I felt a hell of a lot better. So, oh my God, you're hearing my voice and it's just because my sinuses are still a little bit plugged up right now. But hey, as long as I'm getting my sense of smell back, that was the one that I was really terrified with. And so luckily it only took me no more than five days to gain almost the majority of my smell back. So I am so grateful. Okay. With that being said, people, let's dive in. We're going into another different area of this wonderful season nine. We're going to be talking about different words, different big words. I'm going to be giving you definitions of them and giving you different ideas on them. All right. And so first and foremost, remember, we've already talked about meetings in general. You got to ask yourself, how often do you have meetings per week? I've told you, and like I did in season eight, season seven, season six, season five, season four, which was back in 2019, um, that when it comes to meetings, I just do not have them often at all. I think the last time I had virtual meeting or like some kind of meeting was probably April of 2020. And that was like a five to 10 minute meeting in regards to how we can use our usernames to access classes and start teaching online. That was it. That was 10 minutes. Other than that, I do not have them at all. So here we go. What I'm going to do, I'm going to give you something called buzzwords, okay? And if we look at some of the current buzzwords that are in our lines of business or in the business world right now, you're going to know exactly what I am talking about. There are phrases, there are words, there are things that people have used in different case studies, the Harvard Business Review case studies and different things like that, that you probably heard a lot of. I remember back in 2018 during the whole Gary V era, uh, when I used to follow him back in the day and, you know, impact theory, when I used to follow impact theory a long time ago, uh, you know, it was the word scaling a business was one of those buzzwords, right? And it's kind of like the language of business. You know, there were other, what is it? Oh my God, a collaboration. That was another massive buzzword, you know, and that is what made a lot of people start podcasts. Now, the majority of people, <laughs> I guess they just stopped podcasts because, well, you know, they did it because it was the thing. And I still do it because obviously it's, it's who I am now. That's 100% right then and there. But not only that, but the fact that, you know, it is part of my brand too. And so nonetheless, going back to the buzzwords, this is what we're going to talk about. So here we go. Growth mindset, right? Fixed mindset. Those are buzzwords. So a fixed mindset is someone who is unwilling to go outside the box, to think outside the box, to do things differently, to get a different result. They have a fixed mindset. I hate to say this. Again, I love my supporters. Okay. I love my supporters. But we know that there is a particular country where there is a massively massive fixed mindset. Okay. And you know what? I'm not even going to say the country because, uh, you know, they're going to feel like they're ostracized, although there are only like one or two people that listen to me from there. But uh, they have a fixed mindset because they're only taught to think a specific way. That's what communism is, right? 
You're only taught to think this way. You cannot think outside the box or you're going to be ostracized and probably just permanently banned and you will disappear, which has happened to a lot of the reporters in that specific country. But nonetheless, that is a fixed mindset. But a growth mindset is you adapting your adaptability to situations, right? And a change and having that ability and having a change in mindset means rethinking your attitude and your approach to something. And I think these, I don't know, growth mindset, this ended up becoming a little, I, to be honest with you, it's probably, probably early 2020, but I know it was probably in the air, like between tw uh, 2018 and 2019 too. It wasn't something that I was like fully developing into, but it was definitely, yeah, although I was doing my personal development podcast, but this is something I attained in January of 2016, because I wanted to improve my life, my relationships and a lot of things, but I knew that I had to do the work mentally because all the people who were in my life at the time and the, 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 the races, all that stuff that I've told you guys about on such a routine basis, it was very evident. So it's because I had a fixed mindset and I was in that very, very, very victim mentality until I actually say to myself, okay, well, people aren't going to accept me. That doesn't mean I can't accept me. That's when the change happened. And I went from fix to growth. So that's one buzzword for you, okay? Another one, a company's core competencies, okay? Now, check this out, core competencies. This means a company's strengths, the things that it does particularly well. Okay, I hate that word, particularly well. All right, so we look at Apple, phones, although they really don't have much innovation anymore. They just basically make it just a little bit better. Although I'm very excited about the new iOS that's coming out. Finally, they've changed the interface for the first time in like eight years, dumbasses. But anyways, uh, that this is the core competencies. And this is what happened with Steve Jobs when he left Apple. When he came back to Apple, he looked around. He's like, what the hell are all these products? What are we doing? And then they said, you know what? No, we're scratching all these products and we're going to focus on the things that we know we do great in. That was the birth of, of course, the MacBook Pro. The, uh, what is it? The iPod in 2004, if I'm not mistaken. No, 2001, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the, what is it? The iPhone, that was obviously the revolution, uh, the revolutionized product in 2007. Uh, the iPad that ended up coming out, I believe, in 2011. I got the first gen, uh, the first gen iPad after my uh, after my laptop had completely broken down. So, looking at the uh, company's core competencies, we're talking about the things that they do very well. All right, and so you could probably think of the types of things that specific companies do very well in. Right now, this is another amazing word from 2016. Another buzzword, paradigm shift. Ah, rest in peace, Bob Proctor. He was one of the very first people I started listening to meditations to in 2015 before I had gone to work uh, every day. And what I love so much about Bob Proctor especially is he always talked about the paradigm shift. And I remember watching his videos back in 2013 when I was working at one of the worst jobs I ever had in my life. And... He kept talking about, you know, you, you know, the paradigm shift being this set of things, and it's very hard for you to change yourself. 
But if you do change yourself, you're going to obtain the freedom. What he's talking about is the subconscious mind and how our lives are driven by this, our subconscious mind. So a lot of the things, the collective habits that we have in present day has already been made for us. It's already the mainframe. It's our blueprint from when we were children, right? So everything that we do is on autopilot. The language that we use, the things that we do, the activities that we engage in, this is all part of our paradigm shift. Until you become very aware of that and say to yourself, oh, you know what? Uh, you know, I'm probably going to, you know, start trying to change this little by little. That's when you're going to be in the fight of your life because you're going to try to change the mainframe. This was 2016. Obviously, I had heard of it in 2013 and 14, but, you know, it's very easy to start up a new habit. And that's what we get so excited for at the beginning of the year, right? Start something real new. But guess what? That paradigm shift is everything in the world. You're going to have to do this over and over and over to generate that. So it could ultimately become a behavior. And then after that, it becomes a habit. And then a characteristic trait. Then it just becomes you. That's the process. So, you know, it's a fundamental change in the way we do things. And, you know, that's another one of those buzzword, uh, buzzwords, of course, in my line of business or was a huge uh, buzzword probably back in 2016 when Bob Proctor was still alive. So another one is to be proactive is to make things happen rather than waiting for them to happen, right? And so proactive, I guess you may have heard it a couple of times, me say it and stuff like that. Yeah, we already know about proactivity and stuff like that. So no problem, but synergy or synergistic communication or yeah, synergy, uh, synergize, synergistic communication, synergy in general. This means to combine strengths and benefit from working together as a team. Synergy, it happens when, you know, I used to have, you know, podcast guests probably when I used to do, you know, the interviews. I know that you guys probably heard a couple of interviews this year, but, you know, those are just one time off and, you know, I never speak to those people again. You know, it's not very interesting. And so, um, but when it comes to synergy, I've had amazing people uh, speak to me on a, what is it, on a routine basis. And it's, it was so exciting. During these podcasts, I would just have like this synergy. And the synergy was like, it's like a flow state. Me and I forgot what that lady's name was. It was probably back in early 2019. Um, but me and her, when we did our podcast together, when that synergy comes together, we're combining strengths and it's creating something beautiful. You know, and that happens. That happens sometimes when you're in the on the same wavelengths of an individual, right? And so to create synergy in business is to create something so powerful and just a un, like an unbreakable bond with another human being. That's the beautiful part about synergy. So here we go, another one. To take the business to the next level. So let me give you an example of what the opposite is. I remember uh, 2017, I started working out at a little boutique gym in a bank called, called The Lab. And when I was first there, man, I loved it. I loved it. There were a couple of people there, some ego-driven folks. I didn't really know much about that. But remember, I was traveling probably from about 30 kilometers away 
to go to this gym in Bangkok to be able to have a proper breakfast and start, you know, uh, training these executives in the morning. So when I started see, uh, when I started training there, I was like, oh man, this is a really awesome gym. And I didn't know that they had two other gyms stacked on top of each other uh, in another location. So basically they had three gyms open. So in order to take their that gym to the next level, they had to be able to scale and synergize from the top all the way to the bottom. So we're talking about the investors that were on board, the CEO, they had to be very open and communicate very well, right? Because the core competencies of what that gym is, is like relationship building. But to be honest with you, because these very two hard-headed CEOs and investors, that gym went from having three gyms open to two to one to none. And so you could blame COVID, but to be honest with you, this guy, he just did not want to budge. He did not accept anyone's opinions. He did not care about anyone's opinions. And that's how his business ultimately end up plummeting. And it's so sad because I'm like, dude, that was a huge part of my life. That's, I used to get, man, I used to pay a lot of money to go to that damn gym every single month. And then for it to just go away just like that, you know, at the beginning of COVID, we already knew that one branch was going to be shut down. It was going to go from two to one already. And then I just knew you're not going to survive having just these amount of classes per day at this location. It's not going to work. And sure enough, they failed. And so you learn a lot. You learn a lot about how people go in the opposite level. But there's another one. And this is a guy probably back in 2016. He used to work for this gym. He created a gym called Base. And he went from having one location to two, to three, to four. I think this guy has probably about four or five locations, but they're prime time. Now, do I like going there? No. Do they have very poor uh, customer service skills? Yes. Do the trainers really suck? Yes. Do I like any of the people there? No. Like, there's a lot of different things that I do not like about the gym, but that guy, he scaled his business and he just kept multiplying and creating content. And, you know, he adapted very well to COVID. And that's why he remains still on top. So there it is. To take your business to the next level is to expand it, to make it more competitive. Because if you don't make it more competitive, you're just going to die. If you look at, I'm telling you, about five years ago, there were so many different boutique gyms out there. There really were. And in 2017, 2018, 2019, there were so many different types. I didn't even know which one to choose from. They had CrossFit gyms over here. They had these types of gyms. They had this big old factory over here. They had this, they had that. Now there's barely anything. That being said, people, let's go into the next one. Another buzzword. Here we go. You need to do a reality check, okay? When you've lost touch with the real world. You know, reality check, everybody needs a reality check. I think this is something that people had said a long, long time ago. We're talking about 2000, 2005, 2010. You know, some people be like, oh, some in some Americans would be like, oh, you need a reality check. Meaning you need to wake up and smell the coffee. That's another idiom. You need to hurry up and realize what's going on right before your eyes. You know, a reality check, I think COVID was the biggest reality check for a lot of people out there. And it made us realize that we need to begin investing in ourselves and doubling down on ourselves. I remember I was working for a company uh, and working for a number of different companies and still applying to different jobs and working for people who really took me for granted uh, before COVID. And that's what I'm so grateful for in regards to COVID. 
not having gotten COVID, fuck no. But I'm talking about COVID in general has made me realize that now that we're on the other side of this, that I am so unbelievably happy that I am now in control of my own assets, that I teach my own businesses online, that I do a lot of general English teaching too. These are things that have ultimately transformed my life forever. You know, I was just thinking about it uh, just recently. Um, when I used to work in the central business district and I would have to take, you know, the sky train to this place and teach these students and, you know, work for these women who I really didn't like working for, but I knew that they paid me a very good salary. I think these were, you know, these were the times that made me realize, wow, you know what? And I never thought for a moment, you know, I wish I could teach this, but do this online. But see, I didn't have a brand yet. I didn't have that online persona yet. I didn't have, you know, the people and the testimonials to back everything up. I didn't have one of the top podcasts in the world at the time. I was still just trying to find my way, working for other people, helping them achieve financial independence, while, of course, myself was not. Um, and I think the, you know, when I was still working, you know, having these private students and working for these businesses that weren't really paying me well, and I was being grossly underpaid, I wasn't really making much per, you know, per, what is it, per month, this is probably in October, November, December, and then January came around in 2020, and the next, you know, COVID flipped that whole world upside down and maybe doubled down on myself. Coming up later on that year, hey, guess what? Online learning and online teaching have become the massive thing. And now that I have Brazilian students and I have, you know, different types of students from around the world who I help on such a, you know, consistent basis, man, I couldn't be more grateful for it. So it was the reality check that I desperately needed. Another buzzword is a bottom line or the bottom line. That's the essential point in any discussion. You probably hear this a lot in different business series, different television shows and stuff like that, where the guy's like, well, listen, the bottom line is, you know, basically the essential point that is trying to be made is this. That's what the bottom line is. Uh, looking at the big picture. The big picture is looking at the situation as a whole, looking at COVID as a whole. Seeing that there are now a lot of foreigners, seeing that there are people taking off their mask. Although when I started taking off my mask, boom, got COVID. What a ridiculous thing that was. Uh, and all the other things that have happened in regards to, you know, the big picture and what I've realized over the last two years, the relationships I used to have, uh, the gyms and the things that I used to go to. Now I'm very more stringent and more, diligent with my time, diligent with the people who I spend time with, diligent with the people I share my beautiful days with. It's because I know who, who was on this journey and who has been on this journey with me for a long time. And now that I won't be living in Bangkok anymore, you know, coming up at the end of the year, I'm going to be living just inside at a, in a place called Nontaburi and not having to work for individuals anymore and stuff like that, except for, of course, the tutorial center I still work for. It feels very, very good knowing that I am fully in control. Let's just put it that way. So there that is.
Let's go to benchmark. A benchmark is to use a successful company's standards to measure and improve your own. Ramp up means to like, you know, to ramp up production and sales so that you can increase them. And the last buzzword for today is empowerment. This gives employees the confidence and the authority to take control of their jobs. And that's what I do with my students. I like to empower them in different ways. Even my younger students, I think I've uh, rekindled the joy. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna hurry up and share you uh, this story. There's a kid that lives in Kanjanaburi. It's about three hours west of Bangkok. Um, known for its railway where a lot of Japanese prisoners are, uh, prisoners uh, have been taken and I, I do believe they were killed, uh, forced labor uh, during, oh, this had to be during World War II. Yeah, during World War II, all the craziness that was happening, obviously, out here uh, in, on this side of the planet during World War II. And my one of my students lived there, Kanjanaburi, a place where there are a number of ghosts. I do love how beautiful it is, but I'll never stay there, stay there again. I got a sixth sense, and boy, that was one of the most terrifying, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to go back there. Creepy as hell. But nonetheless... While I was living there, obviously, uh, not living there, while I was teaching my student, he lives in Kanjabu, he's going to be going to America to study. Uh, this past Monday, as a matter of fact, I was teaching him online. I had gone downstairs, I had come back upstairs, and I realized it was another girl that was sitting in the video. And I went to her, I said, hey, who was that? And then he started joking. I was like, oh, we got a girlfriend. You know me, I'm just a big tease and everything. But she is half German, half Thai, lived in Germany for 15 years, been living in Thailand for three years. And then next, you know, his other friend joined. He started talking about Miss Marvel. And then another big time English speaker joined and we started talking. And I feel so much more empowered to teach younger individuals because you gotta, you gotta speak about and do things in the best interest of them. And think about the ways that they could develop their creativity which is going to be especially crucial over the next five years of their life, them going into university or whatever it is, field of endeavor they go into at the beginning stages of their life, you know, you know, having uh, nine to 11 year olds and having beautiful conversations with them. And then, you know, really showing me so many different things, you know, I'm very enthusiastic and excited about young individuals in this country because they speak a hell of a lot better English and in comparison with like 10 years ago. And they, they don't even go to international schools or anything either. It's just the power of technology. You know, there's a lot of old heads out there that like to point blame and, you know, complain about, you know, oh, this and all oh, this, you know, this, this stupid, um, you know, uh, social media, this or this or that or this and the technology, the internet. And, uh, anytime there's something new, people are going to hurry up and reject it no matter what doesn't matter. They rejected telescopes because people believe, oh, no, we don't want to go out there. We don't want to see anything that's out there. This is what people said back like 100 years ago when telescopes first came. When the TV first came, they rejected the TV. When the telephones first came, they're like, oh, no, that's too personal. I want to see people face to face. See what I mean? People reject ideas and different things that always emerge in the culture scape. And now that there's social media, people just feel like everyone has an opinion to everything, which is just something that I just stay away from. You know, you can have an opinion now, whether it's valid or not, you could just get in your feelings. But guess what? The internet exists. Social media exists. 
regardless of how much you dislike it or hate it, it's always going to be there and you could use it to your advantage or you could just stay away from it because you allow it to control you. With that being said, people, those are the buzzwords for today. Stay tuned for more Over and Out.